Hello and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Harris and Brian, each episode will unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we're joined by civic leader John Bailey IV. We'll talk about the value of civic engagement, how we've evolved as leaders, and the impact that service can have on our families. But before we do all that, let's check in. Fellas, what's good? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be here. Happy to continue this conversation. Uh, This being June, our focus is on community and the different ways that it shows up. And as fathers, as we we take different roles in the community. So I'm glad to be here. We got a new voice to the pod. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If if I'm going to be completely honest, he's not that new because we tried to record in the past, but I had a fail. But um, (laughs) all that. We'll be right it today. Thank you. So, thank you, uh, John thank Bailey, you. welcome back. I'm happy to be here. Hey, glad to have you. I mean, we've not had a lot of returning guests, so, you know. Look, we, particularly after you lose their first <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to bring that part up. I was just going to say, hey, it's great to have a returning guest. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm going to stand in, in, stand in my space so like uh, we can hopefully not be here again. I love it. But um, we'll learn a little bit about what brings Mr. Bailey to the podcast. Uh, but before we do that, let's check in. B, one of the things that that you brought out that I liked was that the mental health check-ins and also just segmenting based on where we are in our different spaces in our lives. So um, why don't you start off? Absolutely. So I'll actually, I'll go straight to parenting my stress level in that. This is about a seven, right? And again, we're saying one is easy, lovely, sunny skies. 10 is like, you know, pretty, pretty thick. So I would say it's about a seven. Um, And that is because I have to check my parental anxiety because Mm. it's starting to play a factor in how my engagement with the three-year-old is being taken personally by Mm. a father. In that I don't want you right now, I want mommy. Or I don't want to see you right now, daddy, I want mommy. And really just trying to see if this is like just developmental. Is it, you know, an aspect of my engagement with him? And so the stress level is high because I'm like, man, like, what am I doing wrong? They want mommy's time all the time. And so just taking a step back, I breathe a little bit. You know, Pfizer steps in and supports. And so that has allowed for it to get to a seven um, because a little bit earlier in the week, it was it was a little bit higher than that. But we're making progress. You know, he's still my little 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 homie. We had a, a tickle fit today um, this morning. And so that was that was definitely fun. Just having some personal time with him on the couch, just hanging out. So that's where I am. How about y'all? And again, I like to jump right into asking y'all questions so there are no follow-up responses or questions from y'all. So, D, how you been, man? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I will say the follow-up question that I had, you you actually answered. I was just going to ask, how are you How are you managing so, that? So, yeah. um, glad to hear it. I'm, I'm good, man. Um, I had a breakthrough this week. 
Mm. And one of the things that I've I've talked about a couple times on the pod is that this was to be Ella's leadership year. And she has been responsive to that in different ways. Um, One saying she didn't know if she was ready and another time just doing really well. So the other day she called me and randomly she asked me if I like cows. Um, To to have a 10-year-old, it means that you could have a question about anything at any moment. So we we talked about cows. I actually do like cows. and then I asked her what animal does she like? And she said she liked tigers. And I asked her why. She talked about their stripes. She talked about their power and their strength. And it just kind of hit me. I got inspired. So I've been working in, in Canva. Shout out to, uh, to Free Tools for Parents. Mm-hmm. And I've created the Bruner Summer Tiger Training Academy. And, and what we're doing, a real short version, Over the next 100 days, we're focusing on the five principles of tiger training. And and we've identified those five principles as mentally and physically strong. And each principle has kind of a a pun or a double entendre. So the, the physically and mentally strong, a tiger is aware of her surroundings. So that's, you know, physically aware, but also checking her feelings, how's she doing. A tiger moves with grace. Um, That has to do with how you're eating at the table. Is your napkin in your lap? But it also is, hey, if your friends are doing something to you, how do you communicate that? If you're not happy, how do you communicate that? Um, a tiger appreciates her stripes. Um, and so, you know, tigers being unique, you know, 10 years old is a, is a, is a challenging age because they want to be just like their friends. And the, the things that make them different are sometimes not appreciated. Even though somebody else might love her for that, she may not see that as, as something of, of great value. So really, really trying to encourage her to understand that a tiger likes her own stripes. And a group of tigers is called a streak. I didn't know that until I started doing this, this research. And so the last part is a tiger honors her streak. And so this is, are you taking care of your family? Are you communicating with, with people who are important to you? Because she's going to be traveling this summer. And so... She doesn't really want to be away from me. doesn't really want to be away from her mom. But this is just our way of kind of saying, hey, you can reach out to me. You can connect with me. You can honor your streak no matter where you are. And so we've created this little um, system where she's able to jot down and identify those things checklist style that she's done in a day. So that's the journaling aspect. So I'm super excited about it. This is day two. Mm-hmm. So um, a week from now, it might have all burned um, and, and, and gone to the way of the dinosaur. But um, the Bruner Tiger Training Academy is open for business, and I'm excited about it. That's what's up. That's- I, you know, I, I'm going to uplift you first and be like, that is awesome. But then I'm going to jump in and just say, this is the reason why I like you to go last. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> a, a, a training academy. With, with, sir, <laughs> that is amazing. Brian asked you know me. I, mean? like, I did. I did ask you. I did ask you. You did. I, that, that's cool, man. You you know. So I, I'm taking my girls to five below. Um, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Listen, that's a training academy. What can you get for five dollars? Aware of your surroundings. <laughs> yep. Honor your streak. Don't have me here with my feet hurt. There you go. <laughs> right. There you go. It all plays, bro. It all plays. Oh man, no, but really, I am. I'm at a solid two. Uh, again, so riding that streak from last week, uh, work is still going great. Um, still, still loving, you know, working with the, uh, you know, the t- uh, early mid twenty year olds, 
who's sh- showing me all the new tools that, you know, all the new fresh tools. And I'm just like, man, man y'all. They're like, Harris, this is called the internet. <laughs> man, listen, <laughs> there was a couple moments. There was a, listen, there was a couple. But it's, it's surreal to be like, it ain't me no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm now, I'm, I'm the one telling them, hey, take it easy. This isn't the end of the world. This is a normal, this is normal. And they're the ones over there like, right click. Yeah. Harris over there talking about incremental change. They looking at you like, man. Yeah. True. <laughs> true, 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 true. You know, I'm the guru now. And, and you know, it's just, it's just cool to witness, man. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm loving what they're showing me. And I'm I'm loving being taken seriously. Like, that's another thing, too. They're like, hey, he actually, ah, what he said was true. You know, uh, just to see things play out a certain way. So that's good. Um, and the girls, it's interesting. So my youngest, Stella, is just cold-blooded. So, <laughs> so she she cut up Nisia's, uh, let's see, she cut up Nisia's directions to do her doll's hair because reasons. And Stella was, was mad that Nisia was telling me. So Stella's crying because she's getting in trouble. So I say, Stella, I said, you know, do you want to apologize to your sister? And in tears, she says, no. Solid no. I'm I'm a fan. And no, I'm a fan as well. But come on. But he, and here's the kicker. So later on, we're watching, what was it? Cloudy with a Chance to Meet Balls 2. And there's this little strawberry character. And strawberry, she was like, he said that he's gonna lose his family. I'm like, you can empathize with the strawberry, but you can't empathize with your sister. Help me out here. She different. She different. Is she's strong? But I was like, come on, man. This could have been ended two hours ago. So, but, so, so, what do you do? I, I I don't make her. You know, I said, well, just know there are consequences to your actions. I said, you know, if, if Nisia, if, if Nisia don't want to, if Nisia doesn't want to share her toys with you later, that, she's that's sitting there looking at you is. like, and just wait till I take five dollars out your pocket. Like she's sitting there looking at you, plotting <laughs> like you soft. I can't wait to get all up in your computer, your wallet, find your car keys. Uh, hey, look, look, you know. Tell me, so, how that, but, tell me how that approach go. Oh, it, it goes great because Nisia Patty. <laughs> Stella cold-blooded Nisia Patty. But, so, but you know what? That's real because we spend half of our time trying to encourage our children to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in our, I won't call them weaker moments, some people choose to, to make their kids apologize and, you know, say you're sorry. Well, if they're not sorry, the you know, they're not sorry. Now, and, one of the things we talk about is you ain't got to be sorry, but you do have to fix this. Right. Yes. So, but I also yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. different for the context of children, right? Like age, developmental, like it, it all, all of that sounds True. good and fun, right? But a three-year-old needs to know they need to apologize, right? But do they? Because we have these adults that are still giving trash apologies 40 <laughs> years later. But I also think that that comes in the instruction and the teaching yes. and the example set, right? So it's just like... As I'm already doing with Nas, hey, you said that you're sorry even before I came in here. So you know that there's something wrong. So mm-hmm. what is wrong? Okay, that's what you did. So don't do it anymore. 
And right now, I'm not trying to hear you. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to see a different action, right? And so at least in that process, you were trying to build the foundation on allowing for them to see, oh, let me fix it so I don't do it again. So, you know, I can't wait till they get old enough where I can just go ahead and and be like my parents and be like, oh, yeah, you know you messed up. I ain't trying to hear nothing right now. It's just like, oh, that hurts. That hurts. I don't even need to say sorry. I need to fix it. I need to fix it. So, but Harris, I wanted to ask you a quick question. I want to jump uh, to, to 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 John next. But you know, one of the things that my therapist is he talked to me, me follow up question. Yeah, 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 follow up. See, that's that's why I go first. See, you see me, I do the matrix on y'all. Y'all be trying to holler. I reserve the right. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody want to hear no, what go I ahead. got to say. With my responses, but I got. I want to challenge you because one of the things that I talked to my therapist about was that you can't have a deficit perspective on the outlook of things to come in the future. So you often say sure, sure, things sure. are still going good at work. And it's like, are you expecting for them mm-hmm. to go bad? Right? Because like then you are fortifying a seed where that then becomes something that you have to engage with. So I would challenge you just by saying, right now things are going well, right? And, sure, you sure, know, so, sure. So, so just, just knowing that we no. all suffer from anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. Just, just a thought. I, I will say this. I, I hear you, and I don't disagree. Actually, I don't disagree. Um, but like words like, have like we power. Did with the Fuji's album. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it was, it was better than the one you put I in the chat. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so there's this book I'm reading called The Mood Elevator, and uh, it talks about kind of, you know, just like an elevator, you have your low floors and your high floors. And when you're at your optimal status, um, you know, there's a particular energy, uh, you know, that might be a place where you're generous. That might be a place where you're, you know, in vision mode. um, And, you know, at the bottom is where, you know, everything's negative. But I think more so it's, it's about the middle. They say that the, the, I guess you say normaling out is usually this place in the middle. And I'm when I say that internally, I'm thinking I'm still on that high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and eventually things will come to the middle, which I don't view as a negative. I, I, I'm also view it as inevitable. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a Nirvana state where I can always be at that 10. But anyway, so I don't disagree. Uh, and I do believe that I could use better wording. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know my my thought process is not like I'm waiting for the shoe to drop yeah. as That's much real. as I'm waiting for things to level out. That's real. I was unfamiliar with the concept when you brought it up. But as you were speaking, I was thinking about times when I've cooked mm-hmm. and when someone has tasted it and says, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, yo, what do you mean actually? Yeah, like, you, like, you still in my house. <laughs> what, what was the expectation? Like, yeah, I, you know, I was willing to put this thing in my mouth, but I, I thought it was going to be terrible. Let me go ahead and cancel that Uber order for Uber Eats, you know. So <laughs> it's funny how even while we're not familiar with with technical concepts, yeah. we, we felt it yeah. before. True. Sure, true, sure. True, true. Agreed. Brother Bailey. <laughs> I um, I guess I'm I'm about a uh, five or six. I, I generally stay a little high, um, in 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 my uh, mm. in my life, things are always uh, hectic, uh, and that's that's where my normal is. 
So, um, you know, I'm in transition phase uh, through several different entities. Uh, of course, I don't want to go into too much because that will take away from the conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess to pull something from my children, uh, one thing uh, that we are still on a high from is my youngest daughter graduating from high school. Right. So that's nice. four. Hey. Congratulations. Hey, that's uh, wonderful. It was it was a little mo- emotional. This one was emotional because it was the baby. It's it's just a it's it's a great accomplishment coming from where she came from. It was it was rough in the beginning. So mm-hmm. looking at it now, it's like a three sixty. So it makes you a little more proud in a sense uh, because she went through the struggle to get to this end and was able to accomplish all of the things that we. Uh, playing. Sure. Okay, John. You're sitting in you're sitting in the audience. You, you you're watching baby girl do do great things. Do you allow yourself to be in the moment, or do you try to front like somebody must be cutting onions? I'm, What's going on? These, these the pollen in I here. I am trying to front as best as possible, but my wife is beside <laughs> me crying. So I'm okay. I'm tearing. Okay. Absolutely, I I couldn't. Okay. At, at that moment, um, it kicked in, and uh, it was uh, yeah. real. It was it was just a real moment, and it's no way uh, man, woman, or child would be able to come out of that moment unscathed. You're going to have to shed some tears. Uh, the emotion was high. It was on ten, and uh, it was a lot of work. So you know, the more work that you put mm-hmm. into something. The gratification is just overwhelming, so that's what that's that real. that's what that was uh, that's what that was about. Absolutely, I, I'm glad you allowed yourself to just uh, soak it all in. That's that's what's up, man. We're really happy to hear Absolutely. that. Absolutely, congratulations. Thank man. you. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, I'm sure you heard that voice, that new voice. That is uh, our uh, civic associate, my civic association president. Uh, I live in the Maryland Camp Springs area. So this is uh, John Bailey the fourth. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, you know, work as a civil servant and a father. So thank you for joining us, John. It's a it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. Looking forward to the rest of the show. I know we're going to have some fun. So let's go. Question. Of the oh, week. man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This was this was I, I I toned it down because Harris has been giving me flat. So it's this this <laughs> is always, straight over. Why are we always picking on Harris for the question of the week? Because Harris is always picking on me when I give my question of the week. <laughs> That's why I like these inner struggles. Go ahead, keep going at it. So so this one is is, is straightforward. I'm gonna rate this question too, just to let you know. Go ahead. Fair, no pressure, no pressure. So this this episode we're talking about. Uh, civic mindedness, leadership in the community. And so my question to you brothers is give me one key element that you look for in a strong leader. So I've had that question come up in like some of the leadership training that I've done. And I've often said that um because they all they, they ask like who is someone that you would like to be led by and I always say uh, coach Tony Dungy. And with Coach Tony Dungy, there was a, many different factors, but the one quality in a leader that he possesses that I strive to engage in when, when I lead 
is that he's not afraid for the heart to do the work before the mind, right? With a lot of leaders, it's I lead, I lead with a strong fist, and there is no relatability. And I think that vulnerable leadership has to have an aspect of being able to be relatable um, and, and, and put the goal at the forefront of it being a collective. Like, this is how we collectively get there as a group. So someone that leads with the heart. What, what does it look like to lead with the heart? Just, just so, that, so that we could really get the, the same picture that you, look, that you are talking about. That type of authentic leadership, it can look a lot of different ways. But what it doesn't look like is a commander, um, an overseer, someone that micromanages, someone that talks down, someone that is, I am only here because I'm here because of me, not because all of the people that are working with me. So those are the things that it does not look like. Um, as it helps with helping us to think about what it does look like. It's funny um, that you said a commander because the the example that I'm going to use is a commander. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, "Here we go." Well, um, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about overseers. Yeah, exactly. so yeah, don't, don't. Remember, you got <laughs> so young get, millennials listening to you right now. Right. Right. Hey, uh, hopefully not. So, um, <laughs> Commander Adama from. Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if there are any nerds out here. The the remake that came out like in the early 2000s. John looking at us like, hey, no, whatever. No, I remember <laughs> so, the, the first one. Yeah. yeah. The first okay. one. So in the first episode, Commander Adama's walking around the ship and he's acknowledging all of the crewmen by name. Um, and he's, you know, so and so, I, 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 you know, James, is your your daughter doing well? Tim, is your you know is your son doing well? Uh, and he, even when he wasn't talking to people, he was still going through his mind, making sure that he could name everybody by name. And there's a a sense of what I would call I call it mindfulness. Uh, everyone, that's a buzz term now, but for me, that mindfulness means uh, do you have a certain level of presentness to give people their moment? Even if it's just a few seconds, because sometimes as a leader, you can feel overwhelmed and inundated, especially if you're an introvert. So when you still have the ability to give somebody that second and a second can feel like an like an hour when you're when you're stressed and when you want to do something else. But being able to slow yourself down enough to give everybody their moment, I think, is is a key, uh, a key aspect to a leader, because. I don't just feel like a number. Uh, so I, so again, I think that's a that's part of what Tony what makes Tony Dungy so great is he when you talk about leading from the heart, he connects heart to heart, and I think that is is another element of that giving people their moment. Harris, there's a when you when you spoke something came to mind, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. There is an uh, Instagram clip of Usain Bolt. And and one of the things that he does before every race is, you know, they're kind of like in tennis, how the, the little kids are on the side and, and they run and get the balls. In track and field, there are kids all around. They they hold their warm-ups, they just kind of stand around in case anybody's needed. And so Usain Bolt will will choose one of them and like 
give them dap. And then just like give them a look in the face. And, and you can tell because these kids are supposed to be stoic, mm-hmm. but it like makes their day to be able to have been recognized by the one, the dude who's about to win the race, right? But also like this cat made it about me during, he's about to run in the Olympics, but for one quick second, um, he, he just honored me in, in a way that, that only he could. Mm-hmm. So, so I, while I wasn't clear when you were speaking, when you were speaking, um, yeah, I definitely get it. I definitely get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother Bailey, how about you? Oh, uh, let's see. The dependable, dependability. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because, uh, from my experience, answering my phone and people just going into whatever their issue is, not about hello. How are you or anything, right? <laughs> because they, they, they have an issue. When someone has an issue, it's like, it's, it's like a dispatcher dispatching a driver. If a driver has an issue out on the road, their first line of defense is to call the dispatcher because they're in trouble and they need help. And understanding that uh, takes away all of the pleasantries, right? So... You go straight into what the issue is. You clear that up. And then you generally will get a thank you later on after everything settles down. But you know when you make that phone call, that person is going to pick up and jump to whatever your issue is. Right? That's a dependable person. And um, it sometimes can be a hindrance. Because your phone or your email can go off 24 hours a day, depending on what your leadership uh, line is. So um, it can be, you know, it can make crossover to your family time at, at, at some particular times. But to be that dependable person, and I know I, when I call someone for something, I want them to pick up and let's take care of this. So I, I look into that, you know, it's, I try to be that person. And I and I love your response in leading from like leading from the crowd. It's it's also like I can lead, but help me lead. I want I want you to be involved as well, not just me. Right? It's always let's lead uh-huh. this thing together. Let's move forward together. It's a partnership. It's 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 a thin line, but it's a partnership to move forward for sure. any organization. You know, John, one of the things that makes a crisis a crisis is not knowing who you can count on, you know, when, when in, a, in a particular yeah. situation. So, so having a person who's yeah. dependable, it doesn't even matter where they are in the yeah. chain. You know, it could be a secretary Absolutely. who I know has my back, a, a treasurer who I know knows where the decimal point right. is, or just a, a volunteer who can, who can answer the phone. That dependability, yeah, I think, that, I think that's incredibly uh, crucial. What I what I love that you 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 mentioned directly. Many people, I've known people to be offended if somebody calls, and the person that calls and needs help doesn't take a moment to say, you know, "How are you doing?" You're the pleasantries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've never heard someone. I know people who are like exactly what you said, like yourself. But I've never heard someone say, um, use that as a point of pride. 
and I it 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 it, it gave me pause in a mm-hmm. good way to say you know and I really what I think that where I'm landing on there's a certain level of knowledge of self and secureness yeah. that you have to have to know that it's it it's not even about the pleasantries as much as it's about the service and yeah, if you do feel like the person is taking advantage of you, I'm sure you will address that. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if you yeah, if you so call I, if you call not if you call nine one one, you're not going to find out that person's name. You know, it's not like how are you? You know, how's your mama? You know, no, it's I have an issue, uh, and that's why I call. And on the receiving end, you, yeah. I mean, it's just all about the empathy, understanding when you're in crisis. It's like you say, it's it's all about I'm in crisis and I need. This taken care of. I need help now. We can kick it later, right? But I need help right now. You know, for me, it's fairly short. I don't want to be led by someone who can't admit when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that, and that's just you know there are a lot of little tests, yeah. but that's a big one. You know, if you can't admit that you're wrong, chances are you're going to double down and triple down on that mistake, or we're going to waste time, resources, and energy trying to go the long way around the mountain when it's just like, hey, you know what? I dropped the ball on this. My bad. Um, now, and I also think that sometimes we use mistakes as a as a weapon because there's so many people who are who are trying to emphasize, aha, you messed up. Yeah, okay, so let's fix it now. You know, um, you see it in politics a lot. You know, people want, they talk about apology tours um, as the branding. And then you have the politicians who just cannot admit when they've made a mistake. But, but I think that's, I think it dehumanizes both sides. One, because you're suggesting that you've never made a mistake. And two, you're suggesting that once a mistake is made, nothing can come from it. You know, you you can't come back from it. Now, every mistake, of course, is not something that we can bounce back from. But ninety percent of the stuff that we're talking about, uh, well, and and mistake is 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 the key word. Like a you Harris taking my money and going to California is not a mistake. You know that that is he just made a decision. <laughs> what if you were in California? He was bringing it to you. And where where did he stop off and spend it? <laughs> did he give me some groceries or did he go to the uh he went to the, the gentleman's club? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a mistake. That's not a mistake. Uh-oh. I'm a few dollars show. Hey man, listen, about that money. So <laughs> I thought I was gonna double it. So, you know, to be serious though, a leader who can't admit when they're wrong, they're not giving themselves space to grow. And that's not in an environment that I want to be in. Because I expect because 90% of leadership comes after you've acknowledged the mistake and, and the path forward, as sure. opposed to I'm doing this thing and never messed up. Uh, that's that's great. I was sitting here like, what I'm going to follow up with? But no, I, I, I can only follow up with I agree 120%. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I wrote on the cue card for you to read. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, so, uh, all right. So B, what you going to give D-Don for that question, man? I mean, since he supported my argument about the Fuji's album, I give him a ten. Did he really? So, so that John and everybody else who didn't have, who didn't have the pleasure of being a party to this argument, 
Harris, why don't you take 30 seconds and just, <laughs> just run through what y'all talking about? It won't even take 30. I'll just take a few seconds. But we're talking about what are classic albums. And you know, Brian just puts out there some, some, some random stuff that doesn't have any roots uh, to, to even make that kind of decision. So he throws out an album. It's, it's an album, you know? And then I throw out, you know, Fuji's a score. And he's like, as a matter of fact, that wasn't even the case. D-Don threw out a couple versions, a couple albums. And then first thing he says is, oh, everything in here I agree with, except for one. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Let me guess. It's the one that I said it show not. We're at 37 Fuji's seconds. Score. We're at 37 seconds. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, you got me started now. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I wish. All right, so... I said, you can't deny that Fuji score, Fuji's a score is not a classic album in the numbers show. Simple and, as that. And Brian denied it. So oh, okay. real quick, okay. and we want our audience to okay. chime in. Two questions. One, is the Fuji's a score a classic <laughs> album? And the second question is, is based on Brian's criteria. Brian believes, and correct me if I'm wrong, B, that if an album has skippable tracks... Then it can't. It should not be considered a classic. No, is that fair? No, no. Okay. It, it was. Can an album still be deemed as classic as a classic album if there are tracks that you skip? That's it. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. it. That's it. So clearly, we need a power that's higher than ourselves. So, audience, <laughs> l- let us know what you think. And now. <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to our purpose yeah. of today's episode. Uh, so as stated before, uh, we're blessed to have uh, Brother John Bailey the Fourth with us. He's the Civic Association President for Camp Springs, Maryland. And today we're going to be discussing fatherhood as a civil servant and also passing the torch to the next generation of leaders. So with that, we always like to start by asking our guest, and 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 really he's going to be a a guest co-host today. Uh, we're all going to be jumping into this dialogue, um, but as our uh, as our guest, what is your six-word memoir? And um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your current endeavors. All right, uh, number one is uh, dependable, uh, faithful, loyal, predictable, passionate, and available. Of those six, mm-hmm. has there been one or two that has been the biggest challenge or have, have been more of a challenge for you to to embody? Yes. Or do they come easy to you? Well, I believe they come easy to me, but I, some of them have a double-edged sword, like the predictable one. Um, I have burned out several times because of that. Because people expect for me to do things, uh, whether they bring up the subject or I bring the subject up. And sometimes that will uh, put you in a position of they're not going to step forward. So you have to take up the slack and just do it. And depending on your group that you're leading, It's it's sometimes it's not a lot of help within a group, and it's always generally a couple people that are doing most of the work. Um, I like passionate. 
my passion for community has increased so much over the past decade. Uh, I, I wouldn't believe you if you told me uh, 15 years ago that I would be in the position that I'm in. Because I was just like, um, mm-hmm. just like the regular resident. You know, you, you go to work, you come home, you take care of your family. You go to the store, you come home, shut your blinds, you take care of what's in your house. Uh, I didn't, 15 years ago, I didn't know my neighbors. And uh, now I encourage you to know every neighbor on your block. The engagement mm-hmm. will help you in the long run, in the short. So, what do you think? Sorry. What do you think got you there? Like, what was that transformation from somebody who just went straight into their, um, you know, straight straight into their garage versus someone who is like, "Nah, we need to know all our neighbors." Well, generally, this happens when something bad happens in your neighborhood. So, it some people Mm -hmm. it forces some people to get involved. And that's what happened. I got involved in something that was negative in my on my block. Um, I stepped in, and I've always had a leadership, you know, capabilities or, or qualities. So I stepped in and I went uh, through the whole process of finding out what the issue was, how to resolve it, or how to begin to resolve it, and uh, coordinated a group to look into it. From there, I was noticed and recruited by the Civic Association and became the vice president six months mm-hmm. later. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. When we spend time with that word leadership, at times, the definition of how someone sees us as a leader is defined by our action. Correct. Like, it's, it's, it's very uh it's it's very vain of us to call ourselves a leader right because mm-hmm. if you live in a garage like Harris said like you know you open and close the door like whatever so how did you know that in the midst of that moment right and then the gift of the civic association came that was it validation that allowed for you to internally feel that you were a leader as well was it that experience like how do you see yourself as, as a leader by way of the internal feeling? Well, that moment then was normal. And a lot of you guys have, have been out to events. You've been to cookouts. When, I know you've been to a cookout and you end up on the grill. Or you end up mm-hmm. doing something major <laughs> at someone else's house, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I don't know how to cook this, <laughs> right? But yeah, but you're you're you now have the chef hat on and the you know in mm-hmm. the tongs and everything in your hand. I've always been looked at as a person that will take care of an issue, a situation. So this was sort of normal for me to come into a situation in any job. I come into a job and. You know, within six months to a year, I'm going to, you know, excel in that. So this is not, this wasn't anything unfamiliar. It was just a different um, subject line. And the community, I had never looked at the community in this way. 
So it opened up that light for me. And um, I don't I don't like to be vain or anything of that sort and call myself a leader. I have been deemed by the community. So I accept it now. And my self-image has grown so much because it, it, it was it was a struggle in the beginning because you're dealing with a lot of uh, edu- well-educated people that have been doing this for so long and they have the experience. But that doesn't always do the job. So if you if someone comes in and works hard, they're recognized for that work. And all of everything else is mm-hmm. put aside, right? Because you're looking for results. You're not looking for a doctorate or you're not looking for um, levels of experience so much. But it's all about the work and getting the work done, accomplishing goals, and pushing the organization forward. So I think I brought that to the table in excitement, and um, it just took on from there. One of the challenges that I had, kind of like what you were mentioning, Brian, is is just the idea of a leadership, whatever of of a leader, whatever I envision leadership to look like in my mind, I I didn't see in the mirror mm-hmm. um, until mm-hmm. I learned of the concept of a servant leadership of, of servant leadership, which which suggests as opposed to you know we're going to be led by the talented tenth, whatever that looks like. Where ninety percent are on the sidelines, serving leadership, everybody can roll their sleeves up. Yeah. There, there's mm-hmm. room for everybody on this boat to do something. And in fact, we work best when everybody is 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 involved in some kind of way. So that really helped me turn the corner. John, one of the things that you said that I'm really interested in because I've I've been there a couple times is is when you mentioned burnout. Um, I think we all know how to get to burnout. Right. But but where I think you might be able to offer some insight is you said you've you've burned out several times. How do you come back from burnout? Uh, it's been times that I just had to set myself aside and look at the greater purpose. Um, when the phone doesn't stop ringing, when the emails don't stop coming in, uh, you're expected to be dependable. I cannot let my team down. I can't let the community down. You're not going to get a dial signal when you call my phone. I'm going to answer. We're going to take care of it. We're going to get to the bottom of it. I have to make phone calls and emails. Uh, so it's burnout is, is, is a real thing, but I think I've been able to manipulate around it uh, because I didn't have time for burnout, if that makes sense. You know, no, I hear you. I hear you. I So I don't know if, if we established this with our listeners, okay. but uh, we, we view uh, Brother Bailey here as, as kind of, uh, you know, one of the sages. Um, he's been doing this work, like you said, for over 15 years. Uh, also, he has... Um, he has his. I think he said his last child is graduating and going on to is graduating high school. So I have graduated. Graduated. Yeah. <laughs> graduated. Right. So I have an eight year old. You know, B has his children under four. Uh, D has a ten year old. So it's a completely different 
perspective. Yes. So, yes. Um, I, I apologize. John, I got to yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I don't say it for that reason. I say it for the purpose of, I think my generation and younger, um, I think it's safe to say like millennials and everybody passes. We really resent burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, or institutions, or even people who have ex- have an expectation to burn us out. Because I know I can say for me, I saw what that did to my mother and my father, and I saw how it took them out of the home, and I saw how it could be thankless. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. When so I hear you, and I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm triggered, right? As they right, say, right? Uh, because I'm, I'm seeing my dad who. Uh, had all the energy for the community and didn't necessarily have energy for the home. Uh, not saying that's mm-hmm. your story, but I do wonder, um, you know, and, and Dida, and I don't know if you have anything to add because it was your question, but I do wonder um, what, what's your what, what's your take on kind of the younger generation or for the leaders that are like that who are just kind of like, no, I'm not going to let you burn me out. Uh, I am going to recruit yes. this way. Don't talk to me for yeah. two months. This, you know, he- healthy boundary. Yeah. All, all yeah. those terms right. we use. And meanwhile, you like, well, I'm going to show up and cook on the grill if you ain't going to do it. Or even right. if you are doing it, I'm still going to cook on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know what? That that uh, brings to the point of me looking and evaluating things. Um, I look at myself as a middle child, right? So I can have dialogue with younger generations, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, and then turn around and have these different conversations with the seniors, 60s, 70s. And I'm in the middle, right? So I understand the hard work uh, way of, of living. I completely understand that. I think my generation was the uh, last of that breed, in a sense. If talking about going 24 hours without pausing or without taking breaks or anything of that sort, just working hard, and that's all you know, right? So, and then I see the next generations coming up, and I, I, I envy because I didn't do it that way. But the thing about it, you guys are bringing a different, looking at it, at life in a different dynamic. You guys, we didn't have, I didn't have cell phones when I was your age. You know what I mean? I, when I was, when I was young, they, they, it, it was, it was more so of a, it was a total different world. You guys have more convenience of everything. You have the internet. Uh, I had to go down to MLK Library, Martin Luther King Library downtown to do my book reports and things of that sort. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. When, we ain't that young. I mean, <laughs> I had to do the same thing. Oh, well, <laughs> well I mean, I'm talking to the next generation, not not no, perfect, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. not directed. Yeah. But but you you feel yeah. what I'm saying? It's 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 yeah. a difference. So I I do understand the new ways of living, and and that's great because you can't burn yourself out. Do it smart. And mm-hmm. I I wish that I did take some breaks. I may not have, I may not be dealing with as many issues physically now that I'm dealing with because I have abused my body because all I knew was work. That's it. Been a hard worker since the beginning. And that's what I know now. And I, 
I don't regret it. Um, and it actually defined some of who I am to my family, friends, and those that, that watch me or those that know me. So I so, definitely, so. I definitely understand that in, in speaking to the newer generations that are coming and that are taking the breaks. You have to take breaks. We, this is a different element in that. And we'll talk about that in a minute because I have created a program to understand and directly uh, talk to taking those breaks, especially for us men. So, so I want, I want to follow up because you said something that, that struck a nerve and it's a good nerve um, in that you're doing a lot of self-reflection, right? And, and for, for many of us, especially black men, self-reflection is, is it's a gift to be able to make the space to kind of see where you've come from to where you are now. And so you talk about a lot of the great qualities that has allowed for this work to move forward. What is a leadership quality that you have that does not work well within the home? Like what is a quality that with the civic association, like boom, it allows for things to get done, but within the house, like it, 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 it has to not be that quality. Yes. A lot of them, a lot of them, because <laughs> mo- most, yes, <laughs> most, most, and, and, and that's honest, most of them, because you, you're dependable on one into a whole different sector, uh, separate from your family, and you have to be dependable to your family. And all of those things, all of the attributes that I, that I listed, you have to be those things to your family, you have to be those things to an organization you have to be those things to your to your work wherever you're working job uh the it's it's hard because listening to your children say dad you're going to another meeting your dad you're doing this it's hard it's it's like um my my family did suffer some uh it was a lot of weight on them uh because I was gone a lot a lot and the more dedicated I became, the more I was gone. Um, after the pandemic, I was, he- I was able to be here in meetings like this. But usually I would come home from work. I would come in the house, change into a suit, and I'm right back out. I'm not home 15 minutes before I'm headed out to a meeting f- at least four nights a week. And this is years, right? Go ahead. So we we got a lot of great questions, but I, I wanted to jump in with something really, really quickly, um, unscripted. Okay. I would I would try to I, I would say a one word answer, but I I'm not going to even try with y'all. So one sentence is leadership a burden? Harris, what do you think? Great question. <laughs> leadership. Is a mixture of love, passion, and burden. Is that your upcoming album? What is this? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the first track. Wow. Yeah. B, what do you think? I um it is if you allow for it to be. Okay. Okay. So, 
Yes, is my answer. But it, it's a burden. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. But it, it it's a burden that I accept. Mm-hmm. That, exactly, yeah. and it goes back to if you allow for it. Yeah, yeah. John, John, what do you think? I agree. It, it is. Um, it's it's no way around it. You you have to you you have to be present here, and then you have to be present there. It's hard. It's hard. The blend is yeah. hard. Absolutely. Mm. So I think now we're transitioning into kind of the questions for the group. But what I would like to do is, John, give you a quick chance to, you you had hinted at it a couple of times. You said that you got something new going on or maybe not new, but uh, would you share with us uh, this project you, you've hinted at? Oh, okay. Um, well, to give the basis of it, Arc of Knowledge is the nonprofit that we have. And it is focusing on the strengthening of the bridge between the youth and the seniors. Really quick, I was at mm-hmm. a event that we had in here in the community. And we were cleaning up, planting trees, things of that sort. So it was a mixture of, I, I always give away service learning hours. So youth come out and then the seniors are coming out. So everybody's out doing work in the community. We made you know, hamburgers and hot dogs just to take care of the volunteers and things of that sort. So at some point, I saw a senior, one of our seniors, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lady, speaking to a junior high school student. And I sat back and I watched it for a while. I said, that doesn't happen. That needs to happen more. You know, I said, I rarely see that. So that sparked me years ago, and actually, I since I was approaching the end of my tenure here at the as president, I have been pouring more into that, so I can pour more of my time into that. So we've created that, and we have done uh, an excellent job. Uh, we were recognized uh, through several organizations in 2020 during the pandemic for. Uh, doing so much in the community. We did coat drives. We did several food drives. Uh, we uh, poured out to volunteers at all different events in the community. And um, Sheehy Ford had recognized us in December for all of our activity uh, and what we did during the pandemic. Um, so I, I started to think we have to go to go a little further I know I have been uh, counseling myself at times. Sometimes you don't have the time to sit down and and actually go. So I do a lot of reading. So I try to uh, read myself into um, a calm to bring it down. I said, we we have to do something about this. So I I thought of a name, the AOK Brothers, Arkham Knowledge, which is is the organization, the AOK Brothers. So what um, I what we will do is meet on a regular basis and it's going to be like a safe haven. Right. Much like this. Much like this. So we can put our issues on the table. A lot of us are going through the same things or may have gone through the same things. And with with the thing of society telling us as men, I'm not going to say just black men, but men, but mostly black men. Never show your weakness. Don't cry in public. Cry in the dark. Go find a corner. Go get yourself together. Don't look weak at all. 
But now it's a different time. We've come through a, a pandemic. This is something that we've never seen before. And we have more pressure on us than we've ever had. This is something completely different that we're, that, that we're trying to grasp. And normal life will never be the same. So we have to move forward together mm-hmm. and figure this thing out. But we have to hold each other up as men. Because right. we're supposed to be the strong ones, but when can we be weak? Where can we go to unload, right? My mind is going, it's going too fast. I can't do this. And we have so much going on. And I just felt that if I need a place like that, I'm sure there are others. Yep. So that's what that's what we okay. created and somewhere where you can get rejuvenate yourself uh, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, getting together in a safe place, a safe place that you can dialogue with other men and pour out. And it's no judgment zone, right? And it's no nonsense. I have rules and regulations to go by, right? So everything, just like Vegas, everything stays in here, right? Mm. So we we can depend on each other. And my... And one of the things that I hope that comes out of it is like when you're in a group, you you generally uh, see somebody that you click with a little more, right? So you can exchange numbers and have different conversations outside of that. And that can be your 1, 2 a.m. phone call that you can make when you're before you go to prison, before you flip out and do something that you know you shouldn't do. You need that lifeline. Everybody doesn't have that. So that's my goal to come out of that as well. So I can call D-Don and it's 1.30 in the morning. You see, it's my name. You know I need something. You know I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my partner that I, I can call at 1.30. And your wife knows why, what's going on. So it won't be like, who in the world? But you know the process in it. Right? So because we, we go through things. You don't know who's arguing at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning in their homes. You don't know what's going on. We have wives and children. The children don't need to see that. You you lose it, it you, and and that can keep that person um, out of prison. And 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 that's that's one thing that I certainly want to uh, bring along with that. So I want to throw it out to to everybody now because uh, all of us have led in our communities in some way, shape, form, or fashion, right? So. My question is, uh, how has your view of leadership uh, in the community changed over the years? I have a lot more empathy, um, both for those who I serve and those who came before me. You know, it's real easy to critique uh, previous leadership. You know, that person did this, that person didn't do that. And then when you see the whole picture, it's like, Oh, okay. I see why they're so angry because they're tired of y'all calling at one thirty in the morning, you know, <laughs> or because when they go to the grocery store, they can't even <laughs> buy groceries without somebody saying, you know, about this yep. thing, this one thing, that one thing, you know, um, a lot more empathy, but also you have a greater understanding of people. You know, that that lady who is just quirky may not just be quirky. There may be something real going on yeah, that the average real. person That's doesn't true. know. Yeah. And so um, I'm, 
I'm less quick to judge and more inclined towards empathy, which also takes a lot more bandwidth, to be honest. I really just tried to work on that mindfulness muscle and really pointing to what the Don just said. Sometimes you don't know what people are going through and that impacts output, but it can also impact culture. And so it's really investing more time in body language and conversations and just energy um, because the bottom line will never be the bottom line if that person never feels that within that environment, what is what is internally impacting them doesn't have a space to be able to breathe. So, you know, I, I feel you 100% D, like, especially during COVID, like, you have to be able to create the space to recognize that people, adults, will be dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so how yeah. do you as a leader know what trauma is, know how to engage with it, and create the type of space where that person can disconnect from the work so that they can come back more full to do the work. Before, like we ain't never had to deal with the pandemic. And I've always thought of trauma as, you know, life experiences um, as it related in the past. But, you know, people are going through COVID right now. So that's just one of the, one of the, one of the pieces for me, just more being a more mindful leader. Yeah. Mine is, uh, I, I used to be told, well, you know, people still say it, never cut your nose to spite your face. Mm-mm. Sometimes you got to cut your nose off. And <laughs> I st- I st- I'm still trying to figure out what, what? Can we not cut anything? <laughs> well, all right, so I used to be so, you know, never burn a bridge or anything. Like, I, I, I didn't want to leave anybody with a bad taste in their mouth. And... The truth of the matter is there are some toxic people in this world and they are, yeah, they, they just are. And that doesn't mean you always be toxic, but if right at this, you know, if in this moment I've given it the college try um, to not take it on as a personal failure, if I have to create some distance uh, with somebody that I'm, that my goal was to work with. Uh, yeah, I'll wel- I will welcome the back end with open arms, and I'll, I'll take those bumps if more bumps come. But if I need to create that distance, I-, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, just go ahead and do it. Self-care. Yep. Self-care. Brother Bailey, if you could tell one thing to your younger self uh, or, or could change one thing, you know, what would that be? Leadership style-wise. Make sure to engage all generations uh, from the beginning. Uh, because, uh, for example, coming into the Civic Association, it was, a, it was more seniors. It was heavy in the senior category. And a lot of the young people weren't involved. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, but I tried to figure that out. And I think that uh, we're in the process of doing that. We have quite a few younger people that are involved. So, I made it a goal to do that, to try to engage the younger people. Much like with Harris coming in and helping with the meetings, Mallory's helping with the meetings and things of that sort. So you have to engage all. All generations for everything to go forward. You're going to, everybody has to learn from everyone, right? So we can move forward because the younger people are going to show us more of the technology, 
right? And uh, the the seniors are going to teach us the history, where we come from, so we can learn where we're going, right? So mm-hmm. if all of that is in the gumbo, you can move forward a little better, I believe. So I, I, I definitely want to, uh, I didn't catch on in trying to figure out the blending of the generations until a little later. You know, it, it just sparked a different thought. And we can talk about this at a, at a different time, but I did want to center this because I think it's important and valuable. I struggle at times because I care what people think. You know, a lot of folks that are leaders often say, look, ah, you know, keep your head to the wind and the bottom line, get to the, get it done, whatever, whatever. But I care, yeah, right? Yeah. And to a fault, right? Because a lot of that lives in anxiety. A lot of that also lives in previous experiences. A lot of that also has lived in what the Don has said in that, you know, you, you could take things personally, you could critique a leader. And it's just like, when you're in that position, there have been nights where I've not been able to sleep because it's like, man, I know that folks are talking because as a leader, no matter if it's on the lowest totem or lowest part of the organization, it's being talked about. You're going to hear about it. And so I just think that that's also important to, to center because if there are some tools out there where you should you not care. Right. So. I'm just just on my little tangent. Let me get back on track. No, I think that's a valuable point. Let me ask you fellas this. How do you protect your family from your responsibilities to the community? And and I ask this question selfishly because I've done a poor job in my own estimation. To the word I, I'm, I was about to say poorly. Uh, okay. I, I've, I've had Ella at board meetings, um, you know, with with activities. Um, but I, I just not, I just haven't found the sweet spot. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious as to how you guys um, are navigating that or John, how you've navigated it. But you also are assuming uh, that we have, right? I mean. Or, or look, or let me know I'm not alone. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you asking that question, no. like, well, so let me tell you what we do. Like, I, I, it, go ahead. For me, it's unique because my, my father was a pastor. So. Somebody said it last week, and I guess it's, it's kind of real. You're almost like a, a little celebrity's child because every you're you're in the front, everybody knows you, uh, everybody's looking at you. Um, so early on, I knew how to play a role. Um, you know how to how to this is how I need to be when I'm in church. This is how I need to be when my dad's having a meeting. Um, my I, I have to wrap my mind around that my kids, that's not their reality. Their daddy isn't a pastor who's always in the front. Uh, sometimes he's in front, but, you know, so I say poorly because sometimes I have the expectation for them to 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 be like I was and just get it when they had a completely different uh, upbringing. And not to mention my, my wife's an artist. My wife is go with your feelings. And I'm like, feelings? You better go with the situation. And, you know, so my the the poor job that I've done is uh, sometimes unrealistic expectations. Brian, you say this a lot about age appropriate expectations, uh, because I do think, yeah, I look back young when I was younger and and certain things that I was doing. It was just out of seeing it as opposed to really developing into it. Mm. So poorly, 
but I'm raising my awareness to, to be more age appropriate. That's real. I'm struggling. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with it because, you know, you, your mind could be, your body could be present in the home, but your mind could be elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And I love my wife for so many reasons. And one of these reasons happens to be she has that sixth sense. Like she knows when my mind is somewhere else. And like I could be facing her, I could be looking at her, we could be engaged, but I'm not ad libbing at the right time I'm supposed to ad lib, right? I'm not affirming what she said, or she said something so big that requires some engagement. And I'm just like, oh, for real? Okay. Because I'm like thinking of the other thing that is taking place tomorrow at noon, and then I can't sleep and I won't be. So it's this cycle, and I'm really trying to get a better grasp as a leader to be able to know how to control at eight o'clock or five o'clock when work is over. That's staying on the outside of this house. When I'm on the inside of this house, I am the, 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 the focus, committed, you know, understanding parent and husband. So I haven't figured that out yet. I have not figured that out yet. And I tell you, like, you see a lot of examples of leaders that are exceptionally dope in their roles. But the home life, it's just like it's it's a struggle. Every, someone pays a price. Yeah. Someone always pays the yeah. price. Absolutely. Absolutely. Harris, I seem to get some affirming nods and looks about that piece of being in the home and your body is there and your mind is not there. Have you have have you experienced some, something like that? Oh man. And it, I think it's even harder in the day in the day and age of cell phones. Okay. Oh. Because for a few different reasons. <laughs> Look at John. Whether we're talking about me checking email, yeah. whether we're talking about you, this is it used to be if you were watching the 50th episode of Doherty Explorer, you just had to watch it. But now you got that little demon in your pocket that's like, come on, just check your Facebook status real quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> come right, on, right, buddy. Right. Neither of us want to be <laughs> here. Sound like, sound like Pookie <laughs> yeah. from New Jack City. <laughs> right. I heard myself calling me. So, so, so for me, and it's also tough because I work from home, and mm. it's still very hard for my children to know the difference between work time versus daddy time. And in their mind, I'm here, so it's real easy to have these guilt moments because they're constantly looking at you like, "Where are you?" Where are you, son? So, yeah, it it I I'm just nodding because I know there's that struggle to be fully present. Sometimes I have to leave my phone in a completely different room. Yeah. You know, Harris, as I as I listen to you talk, man, that's got to be so hard to have children who are homeschooled, where you are putting forth this this concept of there's no school time, like you can learn all the time. Mm. This is your home. This is your school. And then at the same time, this is daddy's home, but this is daddy's work time. Mm -hmm. You know, Very one, different. one part of their life is completely unsegmented. We learn all year. We learn all day. And then, yeah, that's your dad, but he's somebody's director. He's somebody's leader. He's somebody's teacher today. 
and is not accessible to you in the way that you would want. That's really, that sounds like a really tough challenge. Very do as I say, not as I do. And we all know that that's not a great teacher for children. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that um, it's going to be a struggle for everyone. You have to figure out your own lane and how to uh, merge the two, home and uh, outside life. Uh, at, at some points, I, I thought that bringing my children out to meetings, uh, they can learn civics, right? I tricked my mind. This is this is a learning point for you. Instead of me teaching them, you know, but they can learn on 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 hand. Um, so it, it, but once they're at a meeting for a half an hour and it's a two hour meeting, you know where the rest of that goes. Um, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So, brother, you're not alone. This is it's a constant struggle to be in this point. It's a lonely being being a leader is a lonely world, right? Absolutely. It's not a whole lot of people around you supporting you all the time, 24 hours a day doing that. Your family really sometimes doesn't care. They don't. They don't care. They, you know, when you go outside and you get accolades, you and people look at you in a certain way. When you're in here. You're just daddy or you're my husband or you're just, you know, a part of the family. But so it's 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 a humbling. <laughs> Sometimes it's humbling when you come off of a high coming from the community and it's a, you know, a joyous occasion and everything. And then you come in the home and you just, OK, I'm just a regular guy, you know. Take the out the trash. Yes, 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 uh, but outside of the home and how it impacts our community. And so would love to hear what's 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 getting you going? What's giving you inspiration? I mean, your daughter just graduated high school. So what 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 else we got going on? All right. So uh, I am. My 10 years over as as president. So on the 30th of this month of June will be my last day completely. We've already had an election. And the next president, vice president in the new team will take effect on June, July 1st. So, like, I've been looking at the organization. And a couple of years ago, I was looking at it and it was a little hesitant or concerned of where it was going to go because we didn't have a lot of people that were stepping up in leadership positions. So I created something called a think tank. And out of individual conversations I was having with different people, uh, like-minded, so I put it together, and that has evolved into something that has taken on a legs of its own. So these guys are meeting on their own, having different dialogues, and are making changes in the community already. So I am so proud and excited to see that. Years ago, I wasn't, but now I am excited and very inspired for where this community where this organization is going to go because there are some younger people, some movers and shakers that are in the seats and ready to take on the uh, community in a different light. 2020 taught us something 
And now we're in the 2021 and beyond. I am so excited upon where Camp Springs will look in the next five to 10 years. And I will sit back proud to see the results. Nice, nice, nice. I want to jump in. I was listening to one of our prior episodes where we talked about um, the price of providing, and particularly a conversation that we were having within that about work-life balance. And, and Brian, you said something that I've heard a hundred times, but you just said it in a way that really spoke to me in that episode or at that moment. And, and you talked about what it means to put bread on the table. And, and I realized that my, that my idea, well, my ideas on everything um, are, are shaped by my experience. But as it relates to work-life balance, it's not until someone, you know, yeah, I want to create programs for my kid and we want to do these different things, but that's because certain needs are yeah. met. You know, if there's a father out there who experienced hunger as, as a child, or if there's somebody out there who had a particular lack, you know, then, then their priorities um, are going to look different. And, and I think it's important to say that, you know, we have our blind spots. Some of those blind spots are created by our, our, the, the, the good things that we've had in our lives. Some of those blind spots are, are created by some of the lack that we've had. Um, but, but these conversations help me see my blind spots. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful to have them and, and to have them and to be able to unpack them in a safe space. Yeah. Or as Harris would say, a safer yeah. space. So yeah. um, I'm just really, really appreciative of that. And um, Thank you, B, for, for sharing. Um, these types of conversations are, are what inspire me. Sure, sure. I thank you, B, for, for that acknowledgement. But it's also just a reflection of us, right? Like in the journey that we've been on to feel that the safer space that we've created as a brotherhood is one at which the level of our vulnerability speaks truth to power, right? Like I just refuse to think of not being an active dad and a loving father because I got to work. You know, and so, you know, that 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 is something that I still struggle with, because, again, I was born in an era where we put the bacon on the table like like, you know, and so, you know, one of the things that is giving me inspiration connects to all of you. But earlier this week, um, the Don opened up a space for us to have a dialogue where I just challenged a thought that he had based on some work that we are doing just, just as a crew. And it was open and received with, with loving arms. And our dialogue was one at which I learned through my misunderstanding. But it also highlighted me to dig a little bit deeper in my thought process. And it was just how we read a book and we're just, we just engaged with the book differently. And that's what we as men should strive to do and feeling a trust, a trusting space where it was, well, that ain't, that ain't what I felt. So what you saying versus let me know you're thinking, right? You know, and so that's also something that I want to continue to model for my son, for my children, and that disagreements don't have to be destructive. They can be constructive and it can actually bring you to a different place of further enlightenment because you were ready to receive what someone was, was, was willing to share because you created that space for them. So that, 
that continues to give me inspiration just to keep on keeping on. So that's that's, that's me. Nice. For anybody who's interested, the book is uh, Know Your Price by Andre Perry. Mm-hmm. So you'll be hearing more about it in the near future, but uh, check it out. True, true, true. And um, I guess I'll close out this segment, uh, well, this part, just by saying uh, I'm, insp- I'm inspired by uh, us kicking out these weekly shows. Uh, <laughs> it's this yeah. month, nah, for, for yeah. um, June, us dropping these weekly shows, it's, it's a heavy lift. Uh, especially for D Don, yeah. uh, our producer extraordinaire for rail on the you one know and two. But um, no, nah, it's it, it's showing. I think even with the response that the audience has been giving us, it's just showing a lot of promise uh, for you know for the future of this cast. So uh, that's showing me a lot of inspiration. Uh, and just reminding me, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes just showing up uh, consistently. Um, you know, it goes a long way for getting you to the next stage. Uh, so with that, um, Brother Bailey, thank you so much yes, yes. for joining us today. We really appreciate your perspective, your here, history, here. your wisdom. Um, well, before we do our little rundown, can you share how um, people can uh, support and get in touch with uh, Arca Knowledge? Sure. Um we have a website, arcofknowledge.org. It's uh, A-R-C-H, knowledge, N-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. So arcofknowledge.org. Um, everything is there, all of the events, all of the contacts, all of our board members. Um, everything is there, and we will be in the community continuously. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm still here. I may not be the president. But I'm still here, a, a leader in the community. So I will still continue to uh, put forth in this community and push it forward. I appreciate being here with all of you awesome. intelligent young men. I, I, with this going on, I'm really secure with the future holds. Uh, so all I got to do is just continue to follow you guys and stay informed and, uh, and continue this dialogue. I, I really appreciate this. Truly, truly. Oh, man, we're so glad to have you. So this has been another episode of the Dad Jeans Podcast. We want to thank you for joining this conversation on civic engagement. We'd love to hear from all of our listeners. If you agree or disagree with something that we've said, please hit up our email at info at dadjeanspodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dad Jeans Podcast. Always, as always, uh, if you like what you hear, Please subscribe and share the pod with others. And of course, you have to give us a review. No less than what? Five. Five stars. stars. Or else. Right. Five stars. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> Period. Uh, it, it sends a message to the podcast companies that you really like what we're doing and it keeps us close to the top so we can get this, uh, this uh, self-community family work out to the masses so thank you stay safe be blessed we'll catch you next time be good peace peace